Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt. Today is April the 19th, 2007 at CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com and with Alan Watt Sentinel.eu. Some people who live in cities ask me what I do in the country. How do you entertain yourself? There's nothing to do. Well, I get up early in the morning with very little sleep. I read the mail, paper and email, answer what I can, go to the post office, come back, go to the mailbox, which is a few kilometers away, come back again, get stuff ready for tomorrow's posting. I do the little things I have to do to survive, such as cook and eat and all the rest of it. And then I do the blurb. And by the time I'm finished the blurb, making sure all the sites are up and running, it's going to be one or two in the morning sometimes, quite easily. And last night, while I was doing the blurb, before uploading, I heard a whoosh outside, and I had a picture in my mind of a fire starting next door, just a little place along from me. So I paused the blurb and went out to look. And sure enough, there's a wall of flame shooting across next to the railroad tracks coming my way. I came back over, finished the blurb, got it all set for upload, and began the upload. Because what I had noticed is where the fire was, there's a whole bunch of old cars around this house not mine but the one where the fire started uh, there's a lot of high flames and black smoke and right across that was my telephone line on a pole you see and I thought <laughs> i got to get this up before uh, that line burns and so while it was uploading I went outside with a big spade the local volunteer fire brigade had turned up and they were concentrating on the house and the vehicles and so on and I began beating out all the, the fire and the brush along the, the side of the track that was coming my way and that took a long time to do then I came back in made sure that everything was up and uh, that was my night that was my excitement for tonight for the night and not something I'd prefer to do every night, mind you. But it was touch and go uh, when these things come your way. If it come over my way, it would have taken off good time. Went across the field with this early, well, it's old grass in the field from last year. It would have across there like a, a whirlwind and then hit the forest where the trees are. And so you've got to hit these things fast when they when they happen. That was that's what we do in the country. It's things like that. If you're not worried about neighbours doing it, you, you have to worry about the Ministry of Natural Resources, because the Ministry the Ministry of Natural Resources now don't stop fires 
they're in the habit of starting them because they say it's good for the underbrush controlled fires when they do it you see they call it controlled fires which tend to take off in their own direction but this is the present current theory of the Ministry of Natural Resources as people in lots of people in fact in British Columbia found out last year and the year before to their dismay so we're living in quite the world and uh, there's so much hype now coming out about the climate change they must drum it up drum it up because that's the threat from out there they've thrown away the UFO stuff because it's harder to do and convince people of an invasion so now they're going to give us well it's the sun and it's global warming and it's greenhouse gases and it's your, your little vehicle and it's your way of living in fact so we've got to change it all perfect it perfect that which was left imperfect I'm going to talk about one little aspect of the war on humanity and perhaps use some reasoning powers and deduce the reasons why certain things have been happening and to preface this rushed blurb I'd recall what Albert Pike the so-called Pope of Freemasonry said when he was discussing different sections and segments of society and Albert Pike said that man who would not reason meaning think and use his own observations a man who would not reason for himself is therefore a beast of burden and meat on the table by choice and consent he's talking about what he called the unthinking masses, the baser people as he called them he also tells you what the elite saw as the purpose of this lower mass that was to be used by the elite as a law of nature they were to be beasts of burden and meat on the table meaning that they were fair game fair game is what it's called so when you see all these things happening in the world when you see major media and the experts the sudden instant experts all going to action together on an agenda then it is an agenda no matter how many theories they throw at you or how many times it's repeated you start listening to an agenda when they start telling or talking about the the trails they're laying above you every day in the sky when they start talking about that maybe maybe you'll listen to one of these so-called experts but until they mention that everything else is therefore an agenda we're supposed to use our own reasoning powers and it's no coincidence when they spray like crazy over your head and create these tremendous long polymer clouds the heat intensifies those who are awake have noticed that for the last few years but here's another aspect of this I've had people asking me to comment on uh, this phenomena that's happening 
in the bee world, the world of the bees, the honeybees. And here's one example, one of the most recent things in the newspaper, which is a free newspaper called Northern Life for Greater Sudbury on the front page. This is by Mike Sims. It says here, bees are fleeing their colonies with significant impact on the North American economy. The condition known as colony collapse disorder. Do you love how they come up with these little, you know, abbreviations, eh? CCD. Now, if you speak that, you get seed, which is a little clue. So, this, the condition known as colony collapse disorder, CCD in brackets, started to gain attention within the last year in the United States and was first reported by Bob Dewar, 67, president of the Sudbury and District Beekeepers Association around Christmas. He hasn't seen any evidence of the problem here yet, but it may only be a matter of time. CCD is also known as Vanishing Bee Syndrome. That's interesting. VBS. Hmm. No one seems to know what's going on right now, Dewar said. The bees are just flying away and the remaining bees that stay behind die. We're kind of mystified and hope to find the answers pretty quick. It's not called a disease yet. It's just behavior that's new and unusual, he said. It's a new normal, actually. I'd call it a new normal. The CCD has begun to appear in parts of Europe as well. That's true, I've had reports from Germany and other countries. The disorder tends to affect beekeepers who move their hives around the country to follow the pollination cycle. Little clue, little clue. But this type of activity has been, going, has been done for years, and there's no reason for the bees to leave because pollination is paramount to their survival, Dewar added. Uh, that's also a little clue. The bees perhaps have more sense than we do. One dollar out of every three is attributable to bees pollinating agricultural crops. With less bees around, the less successful farmers will be, he said. Pollination is a process plants use to reproduce. Bees attach pollen, meal, gametes to their antenna, and as they move around the country, spread the seeds to the carpal, which leads to the ovula, female gamete of the plants. It's a very valuable service the bees do, he said, far more important than honey itself. Several theories have been bounced back and forth. I'll just turn to the pages here. But it's all speculation at this point. This is page six of the same newspaper. Northern Life. Wednesday, April 18, 2007. It was published. Theories such as an invading insect species, genetically modified food, or global warming are considered possible causes for this strange behavior. A retired high school teacher, Dewar has been an apiarist for the last 10 years and lively. Apiarist is a little-known official term for beekeepers. His passion for beekeeping involves housing the bees in their natural habitat and the hive, with honeycombs encased in two feet wide rectangular acrylic frames. 
the bees create honey in the same way as a normal hive, only this way humans can harvest a honey crop. The beekeeping season begins when temperatures reach 10 degrees Celsius. At its peak, the hive will house more than 60,000 bees in summer. During the winter, the bees starve and the number of bees will drop significantly to 10,000. Bees have an average lifespan of more than 5 months in the winter, but less than 5 weeks in the summer. They, the worker bees, literally fly themselves to death, Dewar said. The Sudbury Beekeepers Association began in 1970 and currently has more than 30 members. The members will meet tonight for the regular monthly meeting at Low Ellen Park Secondary School in Lowe's Road. The meetings are open to the public in room 210214. So they're going on about what's happening with the bees, not just taking off or dying, but actually leaving. They're leaving the hive. The bees have more sense than we do because there's nothing new in this at all. Before this was happening, they were getting invasions of foreign mites which attached themselves to their backs and ended up their little air pipes and were killing them. And the great scientists of the day just couldn't fathom out a way to stop this from happening and massive, massive um, work went on by the beekeepers to try and stop it and using tremendous hygiene and various forms of, of killing off the mites. When that's over, they started dying off. And five or six years ago, I talked to one of the guys in charge of Ontario Beekeepers Association, and I asked him a few questions. And this is four, maybe five or six years ago. I asked him, because I'd heard about the bees being coming back sort of dazed and dopey and just sitting there for hours or killing over. I asked him how the bees fly, what directions they go in. And bees uh, tend to go off in their own specific directions. The beekeepers know where they go and where they come from and back and so on, back and forward. And uh, I said, is it possible the modified crops are to blame? Well, he checked in with the Ministry of Agriculture and, like drawing teeth, eventually came back to him. Yep, there were experimental crop fields to the north of him and that just happens to be where these dazed and dying bees were coming back from. So this is no puzzle at all, actually. There's no puzzle whatsoever as to what's happening. They've known in the underground rumble of gossip for years what's going on. Uh, it isn't just the fact that these modified crops can be sprayed with an awful lot more, maybe five or six times the concentration of weed killers without killing off actual crops. It isn't just that. It's the fact that these are modified genetically modified bees generally don't go towards corn and things like that now they do with some types because they're modified they've taken strains of other vegetables and crops and put them in there there's all things in there there's even spider genes and all the rest of it gone in there and it isn't just to make them resistant to the pesticides 
or to make their own pesticide, which they can also do. The plant can actually create it, these modified ones. You've, uh, you've got all this odd pollen, you see, brand new phenomena of new types of pollen. There's no mystery involved. Now, Canada was the first country to mandate a pact between the government and the big agri-food businesses to introduce modified vegetables and corn to the public without the public's knowledge. It broke out in Canada only because Tony Blair, while he's flapping his arms around with those uh, Oxford Debating Society's type of ritual that he goes through for emphasis, was trying to mandate that the British public should eat all the modified foods. Now, people instinctively, intuitively said no, but they're getting it anyway, you see, because it's a mandate, and it's not just to make better, bigger spuds, potatoes or leeks or anything else. There's more to it than this, obviously. You are what you eat, and if they want dumb, stupid, sick people, that's what will become especially for the changes they have lined up. They don't want an intelligent, fit population during the changes that we must go through, according to the other mandates. And it broke out in Canada because Tony Blair was putting it through, trying to put it through in Britain, and the big NGOs in Britain, non-governmental organizations, were protesting it, and that's when it leaked out from the NGOs who'd done their investigation uh, that the Canadian government had made these secret deals to grow it and test it, introduce it into the food supply and basically study the populations as we got sick and all the rest of it, you see. And that happened at the same time as Ottawa. The, 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 the governments in Ottawa had just put a central computer in. It was in the papers at the time. They would collect all Canadians' data on spending and health and all the rest of it. And it's easy to do in a socialist system where government... uh, Socialism really is fascism. It's government corporations combined with the object of keeping an economy going and keeping everybody, the workers, in place. So they have tremendous data collection. Well, they put a supercomputer in Ottawa to collect everyone's data and there was a little fuss in the papers about it, saying what power it would give a single person to have access to all that data on every Canadian from coast to coast. And so the government solved the, the protestation by making two computers handle it, you see. That was their answer to it. And it, I think it was also to do with the monitoring from all hospitals and doctors and so on and pharmacists of new symptoms that would be cropping up with the modified food and with all the spraying that's going on as we're getting doused, just like the crops, we're getting doused with spray every day for anyone who cares to look. Uh, The spraying, by the way, will eventually be propagandized into our heads that it's for our own good, they're going to save us from global warming. Whenever they do mention this in the future, that's the excuse they're going to give you. Remember old Bernard Baruch, who advised so many presidents? He says, for everything that happens in public life, 
He said, there's always a very good reason. And then there's the real reason. And that's how it always is. So the bees were not the first to be affected. The big scare a few years ago, and the big drumbeat, it was around the time of SARS and everything else, when SARS was going to kill us, and AIDS was going to kill us, and then it was West Nile virus was going to kill us all. And they kept talking about crows dying. Watch out for crows. Dropping dead. And notify the Ministry of Natural Resources and all the rest of it. Well, anyone who has a garden will know that when young shoots come up, you're always chasing away the crows. They're the first ones in there. They're like the young, tender shoots. And guess what? They're eating the modified stuff. That's why it was primarily crows that were dying off with, with the supposed West Nile virus. That's all you heard about was dead crows being found. Crows, that's why we have scarecrows in fields. For hundreds of years they've been called scarecrows because it's the crows that come in to get the young shoots. Wow. Perhaps we should look at how traditionally intelligence agencies have gathered information. Intelligence agencies have branches which deal with counterintelligence. So the intelligence agencies are well aware that media within various countries is basically an arm of government. So there's a lot of authorized propaganda contained in all the major newspapers of the world. It's always been that way. So intelligence agencies employed by governmental departments gather data by going through all the data in the newspapers home and abroad. Their job is not to take anything at face value because they know that the job of the media is propaganda. Therefore, they gather little facts and then they have little think tanks and they have brainstorming, as they call these sessions, where they put all the facts together to find out the real reasons behind things. What could this potential enemy be up to in reality? What are they covering a reality with concerning a particular story? And that type of thing. That's what intelligence is, you see. And you build up a picture as, what's, as to what's really going on and what's really behind it. What's the real purpose for, for a misleading story here and there or a cover, a covering story to a particular fact that's watered down into conspiracy theories, that kind of stuff. And there's nothing new in this. People should, if they want to, go in to the histories of intelligence agencies. There's a lot out there. John Dee in the 1500s 
apart from being a Rosicrucian and having the largest library in England in his day and a top a person who could write cryptology he was a master in cryptology most of his writings contain cryptology even the ones to do with channeling spirits and stuff go through it it's, it's numbers and it's a language it's all how to do cryptology and he was also the agent for Queen Elizabeth I he went abroad gathered intelligence and sent it back to old England and he used the code number 007 that's where it came from it bond by the way is a legal term you're bonded you've sworn to obey and be faithful to whatever you've sworn allegiance to that's why he's called James Bond and John Dee was the first one that we know of at least in history books they had them in all eras and all ages spies and intelligence gatherers nothing new in that the idea being you could never trust the authorized story on anything you had to always get in there and find out what was really going on because the psychopaths in all countries who owned the people of each country were always making sh- they understood that the psychopaths in the other countries thought like them and so they were devious so they understood how to be devious because they were naturally devious being psychopaths you see that's how simple it is hasn't changed the last people to be told any truth are those who buy what they think is news that's propaganda you're buying remember Zygmunt Brzezinski in his own book Between Two Ages talked about the inability shortly of the vast populations to be able to reason for themselves they would expect the media to do their thinking and reasoning for them well voila it has happened and when that has happened you're looking at Joe Blow next door and he's going to parrot his downloading from the media to you thinking he is quite normal and if you think for yourself he's going to think you're very odd especially after comparing his views with everybody else he knows who's also brainwashed happily so and he's going to call you odd because you don't share the authorized views on things that's how simple it all works to create a reality read Plato's cave Plato gives you it all in the allegorical story of a cave being brought up in a cave and how those in the cave knew nothing about an outside world didn't know there was one they, were only, they could only look towards the back of the cave not towards the entrance and shadows would pass it as the day went on the sun moved and, and people passed the entrance and they had stories all made up probably by the previous experts on what all these shadows were and they, they created a mythology and religions about it and because they all agreed about it generation after generation they believed it to be so till one escaped and got out of the cave and found a big world out there and he found why the shadows were created inside the cave he travelled the world and talked to people with all different viewpoints on things came back to the cave and tried to tell the rest of them 
And as Plato said, what would they do? They'd want to kill him. That's what they'd want to do. He was shattering what they had as their only reality. Plato should know because he was part of the mystery school and these secrets of controlling human behavior have always been part of the mysteries in the higher levels, always to the present day. Let's put a few things together as an intelligence agency would do it. When you see things happening that didn't happen before in nature, outstanding things, not just simply seasonal changes or a a very bad frost at the wrong time, when you see literally animals dying and birds dying and bees dying, an intelligence agency would look at what has changed in the environment of those particular creatures. Number one, the intelligence agencies know that we are being sprayed. They don't pussyfoot around. They know they're in on that fact. They don't need necessarily to know, depending on their level, because there are just many levels of the intelligence agencies. Everything is always compartmentalized for secrecy's sake. You need... You know what you need to know, as they say, a need-to-know basis. But they know what's going on, at least we're being sprayed, and and most of them will be told not to even talk about it amongst themselves. And being good, high, 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 sworn Freemasons, they will obey that, but not to question their superiors. So they'll look and say, yep, that's changed, we're being sprayed with chemicals could chemicals kill things well yes, chemicals that are not normally there in a particular environment and suddenly are being sprayed on us could certainly affect everything number two what else has changed? the modified vegetables and crops did the government go to tremendous lengths to keep it secret in the first place? yes, they admitted it to the Canadian public when it broke out in Britain they had to admit it and they came out to do damage control they got David Suzuki who does all the nature animals and tells us how we must kill ourselves off as humans to save the world and who really is a geneticist who belongs to all the top foundations on the planet they brought him out being the nice guy who doesn't lose his cool on television and he loves furry animals so he must be a nice fellow And he was brought out to convince us all that it was really all right. And people believed what they were given. The people people believed properly, as I say, what they were properly indoctrinated to believe. So yes, a government did experiment on a whole population and studied them and watched them and kept all the data secret, still secret. Would they know what's going on? Of course they know what's going on. Who pays all the biggest scientists and all these investigative scientific groups to do their investigations? Well, the government pays them. They live on grants from the government. When they're told to do an investigation, they hand it to governments. And when they're told to keep quiet about it, they will keep quiet about it. 
when they're told to lie about the findings, they will lie about the findings to the public. That is the real world. But let's go further than that. Let's look at what's been made available to the public. One good book to read, which is documented, which uses declassified government documents to do with bacterial and viral warfare and chemical warfare that was made available to the public is called Deadly Allies the author is John Bryden B-R-Y-D-E-N a Canadian author who used to work for the Toronto Star he goes through the process of World War II which is a good way to understand the techniques of warfare he discloses the documented facts to do with Canada's role as a leader in bacterial and viral warfare it led the world and it didn't stop with World War II or begin with World War II and the greatest minds in Canada as they tell us the greatest minds like um, Banting the man who gave us supposedly insulin for diabetics worked for the government in the biggest bacterial and viral warfare departments this is the man who said he wanted to develop something which would kill off specific ethnic groups especially Germans he didn't want anyone alive with a German gene in his body he wanted and he talked about creating something which would kill off now listen, listen this is total warfare remember the crops of a people because it isn't just the people you kill with bullets you go for everything which sustains them sustainability so number two was all their farming produce how could you kill off the crops and they discussed ways of killing off bees which pollinate the crops they discussed all ways to to even spray the crops but they also talked about chemicals and various viruses which could mutate the genes within livestock and cause cancers and one was very interesting because it would riddle the brains of cattle very much like what we now call mad cow disease in fact you'd pretty well say it was identical to mad cow disease and he wanted to put all over Germany then people would eat it and they would come down with it too which means that this had already been tried and tested to find out if consumers would come down with it interesting isn't it eh? a little bit of history and digging can turn up declassified documentation now let's put the things together we are being sprayed like crazy it intensifies the heat the media is going into overdrive they're talking about all the effects of climate change and the vast catastrophes we're going to have and mentioning nothing about the spraying in the sky that's your first clue bees have been under attack 
the main pollinators for farming crops, with various new insects over the last 10, 15 years or so. In fact, I'm surprised there's any beekeepers left, the way these things have ravaged through the apiary societies. Now the bees themselves are dying off with another thing. They're also going through the modified crops with the pollen and dying. Now the bees also are taking off from, from the hives they were living in, the ones that can get away because they know that what they've brought back and what ends up in the honey and the combs is lethal. That's why they're taking off getting out of them, the ones that are still fit enough to do so. That's also why the reports are coming in that the traditional insects that take over a vacant hive, like other bees or even ants as they go in to clean up, are not going into them. They sense something else is wrong with them. Going back to Banting, in the book Deadly Allies to do with by John Bryden when he goes through the methods of total war start seeing total war because the war for the New World Order and it's in the Council on Foreign Relations own magazine the New World Order I've got the issue here thanks to someone who sent it to me means a New World Order and to get us all there, they must create chaos so that we will go along with the entire agenda. We must be terrified at our wits. We must be then programmed with a propaganda which will explain why we must change and we'll believe it all is, is propaganda. But very important people will tell us why we must change. And then the experts will also tell us where we must go with the changes and it will follow the whole human habitat story right down the line now let us look at the world envisaged by the elite as they've propagandized us into a particular road with a particular destination in mind and we go casually go along through all the documentaries we think are being completely honest and which give us our opinions which are actually the opinions that have been formulated, formulated for us to expect the world that is to be created will also be a vegetarian world this was put out by Alvin Toffler, the guy who fronted for the global changes in various novels, the old novelist again, with, who, who caught the world's attention with books like Future Shock. And he also was authorized to put out The Third Way. This book was about the end of capitalism and communism coming into a merger and how the whole world would be transformed with a new way of living. In the book, he said, the world we are creating will be a vegetarian-based world. No meat. And he said, it must be so. He never elaborated as to why. And Newt Gingrich, 
handed out copies to all the congressional people, representatives, with Toffler there. Because this is part of the whole agenda. And don't forget, Gingrich didn't retire either. None of these guys retire. They're still officially part of the upper government. Gingrich headed off and kicked off on behalf of the Department of Commerce the Loyola University meeting to do with brain chipping the population same Mr. Gingrich backing Alvin Toffler with his third way the third way is a play on Plato's third wave which was something similar because it's been an ancient society that's gone along right up to the present day with an agenda for a perfect utopia for the psychopathic elite who can then not only rule over the unwashed masses but actually create new types of them to be more efficient years ago salmon were coming in to different countries protein we're looking at here protein you see uh, with a fungus on them no one could explain why this happened and yet most countries in the western world departments of fisheries the government departments took over the spawning of all of these particular salmon that put a scare into people who immediately stopped eating salmon the next thing we had was this new phenomena that strangely enough had been broadcast in various books to do with warfare for World War II which we now called mad cow disease they came out of nowhere suddenly and experts were brought forth to talk about a new thing called a prion something unknown in nature and people all over Europe were terrified to eat meat protein at the same time the world was planned and it's been said in many big books out there by the top Remember that farmers were not responsible enough to take care of the food supply. Therefore, the big agribusinesses would take over the big fascist organization, even though they say there's five of them, there's really only one. And that's what we're seeing. So the crops were the next thing they were working on at the same well, they were working on at the same time, in secret. And they didn't bring the top scientists and geneticists in, as I say, to make better carrots and potatoes and bigger ones they brought them why did they go so much trouble to put 200, 300 or more different variations of genes into a particular potato or carrot or cabbage or corn or anything else they knew the effects that they were after they knew that plants are the oldest things that produce drugs for instance look at the poppy And who controlled the poppy for a long, long time? Well, India and those parts of it. And then the British government had the Department of Opium. Orwell's father was in charge of it at one time. That was located in Burma. How long has India been ruled by a class caste system? 
which gave them what we now call the New Age religions, where nothing is real, nothing matters. It's all illusion. And they had a lot of people, millions and millions of people, basically working as peasants, trapped in a religion like that with no escape, and who were also conditioned to be vegetarian, lack of protein. Couple that with Malthus's doctrines of diets for plantation workers. All the documentation has been done hundreds of years ago on how to keep people, du- keep people dumb and stupid and what will bring down the intellect and reasoning power of the average individual. We're seeing uh, all the warfare techniques which have been published practiced now on the whole world diseases again read deadly allies by John Bryden and just see what they were capable of doing this is declassified stuff and it won't be all of it either that's what's been declassified to the public they were way ahead with viral warfare creating new types and bacterium in World War II what do we hear amongst all the the drum rolls and clamoring from the media oh everything's going to change diseases, outbreaks, pandemics global warming as we get sprayed uh, famine shortages there will be food wars food wars in the future What did the UN say, the Department of Agriculture for the United Nations? They will end up being the sole distributor of food to all the nations, or they call it the states of the world. And a country which will not keep its own population in check will not be given additional food in its quota. What a coincidence how it all fits together, isn't it? Yet any intelligence agency could tell you by looking at the phenomena we see today we're witnessing all of these warfare techniques being practiced right now on the world to bring the new world order into existence I'm going to pop now to Carol Quigley the historian for the American branch of the Royal Institute of International Affairs, the American branch being the Council on Foreign Relations, an organization which most journalists, all the major ones, TV, newspaper, magazines are members of, but you can't ask to join. They study you, and if you're very good and can keep secrets, you may be asked to join because it's not for the public to know the real purposes behind things, you see. And Quigley, who was also a historian for the Council on Foreign Relations, in his book, Tragedy and Hope, and the the Anglo-American Establishment, excellent book, that gives you the, the special relationship between the U.S. and Britain that Mrs. Thatcher talked about so frequently. 
and gives you the real supplementary history over the last few hundred years leading up to this global agenda. This is a professor. He was never accused of being a conspiracy theorist. No, he was an authorized professor who advised government departments and the State Department of the U.S., who wrote about it in his own book. And he talked about one technique that was used by the Royal Institute of International Affairs top members who owned all the news media, he claims and said himself, during World War II, who wanted the war with Germany. And he said they sat around a table, the top members, with the top politicians, and said, how do we motivate the British public into going along with a war? Because the first thing you must do, apart from hide the truth, because truth is the first casualty of war, the next thing you must do is to motivate the people and get them behind you on your agenda. And they decided to terrify the public by lies of what the Germans had planned to do to the British people. And they thought that they would all in unison, all these apparently different newspapers, which gives appearance of, well, it can't all be unified, surely. There's all different papers are saying the same stuff at the same time. That's how it's done, eh? And they decided that they would say that Germany had millions of gallons of the most toxic gases that were going to spray all over Britain, kill everybody. And they had so much of a tremendous air force, vastly outpowering every country on the planet. And they could carpet bomb the whole of Britain. And to make this more real, they got Path News and all the biggies in on it to do these propaganda films. They didn't have television then for the public, so they gave them propaganda films in the cinema, as they call it, or Aminiz backwards. And the they had guys digging trenches around London, and the, and, the, and the king at the time was brought in on it too, to give little speeches about it, how we must all pool together to fight the common enemy that was going to kill everyone with all this massive machinery and overpowering force, etc. And Quigley himself said they fudged and lied completely with all the statistics because they had to terrify the public first. Remember this? Terrify. Terrify is the first step to getting the public to demand that the government do something. And all of the ditch digging and stuff and nonsense that they did was, was just that, was nonsense. And everybody in Britain was issued a gas mask to bring it home to them. This is real. Ooh. And they had to carry their gas masks and little, little satchels all over uh, the country when they moved or went to work and so on. To get you in the war mode. It's important you get into the war mode and be terrified. You've got to look at the strategies to get people into war so that you don't get stampeded into the next thing. It's already happened with the whole Middle East with weapons of mass destruction over and over and over. There's nothing new, you see, in the psychopathic mind. Everything is a formula. You follow the formula, introduce it in the right sequence, and the public believe it. That's how it works. 
And here we are getting back to the first story. All the greatest scientists that can create any kind of life they want. They've even said they can create a, 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 a Bigfoot if they wanted to, a hairy creature. If they wanted to, they could do that. They can create any kind of disease from scratch. They can actually combine viruses with bacterium, two different life forms altogether. One is a life form, one really isn't. But they just can't find out what's killing the bees. It's a mystery. My, my, my. Hmm? Well, getting back to Pike, eh? What was it he said? What was it he said? The man who will not think for himself, not reason for himself, is therefore a beast of burden and meat on the table, by choice and consent. So I'll roll this particular talk up tonight with, with that. If you can't think for yourself, if you can't go into a few books to look up propaganda in warfare, the different techniques of warfare, we always are taught, oh, it's just soldiers fight. No, most of the warfare you don't even see. You go for all resources. Look into it. Well, you have the ability to do so. And then you must all come to decisions your intellect brings you to versus your indoctrinated propaganda. I am not a person who would like to bring you bad news all the time. I'm just telling you the plain facts by someone who thinks. So I hope tonight I don't get another fire out there started by someone else and don't have to throw buckets of water around the telegraph pole while I'm uploading but that's the way it goes eh? I've got the translators coming in now and the organizational part is always the hardest it's taking a lot more time as well which I don't really have but there's no choice in these matters we have to get the information out while we can because we can't be so selfish as to hope we can sneak through to retirement, put our feet up or go fishing, and maybe the next generation. Well, that's their problem, isn't it? No, we can't do that. At least I can't do that. We wouldn't be in the, the, the boat we're in if the previous generations had been a little bit more sentient concerning their surroundings and perhaps is selfish as well for myself and Hamish the dog who I was ready to evacuate last night it's good night and may your God or your gods go with you